And welcome back, everybody, to another bonus commentary episode of Skip to the Lou. I am Lacey Lou, and tonight I'm pretty excited to revisit uh, the film I'm going to be talking about or commentating on as I watch it. Um, it's a film that came out the year that I was born, 1987, and it is Clive Barker's Hellraiser. And I think some of you guys might actually be kind of surprised to learn that I've actually only seen this movie one time. I know. Um, I actually had, like, I'd seen bits and pieces of it, like, growing up, I think, but um, my parents usually let me, like, watch whatever, but I think for some reason this one might have just been kind of too out there, so they they never watched this one. I, I never watched this one with my mom. You'll hear me talk about that, like, a lot on podcasts, that a lot of the older films from like the 80s, um, 70s that I have seen was because of my mom. Um, but I never watched this one with her. So it wasn't something that was like in my repertoire. Um, we debated it. Uh, we debated Kirsty um, on Slumber Party Massacre um, as one of our top 10 final girls. And I feel like I kind of maybe didn't give her a fair, sh- a fair shake because I've only seen the movie once, so I'm not that well-versed into it. Um, I should have pre-watched all of the Final Girl films before going into that debate. It might have turned out differently. So let's see if my mind changes and if I would have actually voted her higher up, in my personal opinion. So that'll be interesting. Um, I'm watching this one on Shutter, guys, and I'm paused at the two-second mark. So, I will let you guys get that queued up, and, uh, yeah, I'll take a sip of my Blue Moon. As you guys know, obviously, that's kind of my drink of choice when I'm doing these commentaries as of late. Hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I'll end up doing a whole commentary on all of the movies in this. Um, I've actually never seen part two. Um, don't judge me. Um, don't take my horror card away. Because I have seen a shit ton of fucking movies. This just, like I said, it wasn't, um, a franchise that, um, I grew up with. Like, of course I knew who Pinhead was and all of that. But it just, I remember my grandpa had rented the one with Mayhem in it. Um you know, the, what, oh God, uh, he played O'Reilly in Oz. Um, so I remember like seeing like tidbits of that. And then I think like when I moved out and got my first apartment in like 2005, 2006, it was like on HBO or Showtime, like on demand. Um, this was like before I think, um, TiVo was even a thing, but I remember like catching like a little snippet of him on there as well. So I don't know, maybe I'll end up doing the whole franchise and see how progressively worse they get as time goes on. But, alright, if you guys are ready, so am I. I will count us down um, from three, and then when I hit one, I'll say go, and then you guys hit play. So, three, two, one, go. Alright, we are going. How loud is this? Alright, we're at... Now, I know Joe Bob covered this um, in the last couple years, um, but I didn't catch that when he did it. So, I kind of wanted to watch it, um, 
because you can see all of Joe Bob's episodes on Shudder uh, for the last drive-in. And I wanted to revisit it to see what he had to say about it. But I uh, will do that at another time. Clive Barker's Hellraiser. actually met um quite a few people from this movie which is cool um i've met ashley lawrence um oh this was her first film i did not know that so that's kind of cool i believe she's in the sequel as well um i think i've seen like snippets of the sequel and i just kind of think i remember her being on a mattress uh, but that could easily be this movie as well. But I feel like she's, like, wearing all white and she's, like, on a mattress for a majority of that movie or whatever I remember seeing. Um, yeah. So, I think I didn't, like, fully grasp the concept of this film. So, I'm... I remember, like, I think the the aunt's name or something her name is Julia and Frank I know that much um and Julia I believe is like hiding Frank in the attic um but like I don't know how like all of it I just really didn't pay attention to it so I'm really excited to watch this Mr. Carlton oh he has really dirty nails that's like my biggest pet peeve, you guys, is when a guy has dirty fucking fingernails. They both have dirty fingernails. And the iconic box. And I know that this scene is like very iconic. I've seen a lot of um, horror photographers recreate this scene with the candles and sitting with the box. Did this premise come from the idea of a Rubik's Cube? Like, I really don't know much about this franchise at all, but uh, I think it'd be interesting if that was where the idea came from for Clive Barker. he like sell his soul to Pinhead basically what I'm hoping to gain from this watch is perspective and I'm hoping I like it a lot because I think when I watched it like back in like I think it was 2016 somewhere around there um I think I probably didn't give it its proper oh well, fuck. Um, I don't think I gave it its proper due. Now, we are... I actually have to um, debate on something for Slumber Party Massacre, our upcoming Halloween episode, and it revolves around the character Pinhead, so that's another reason that enticed me to watch it tonight. They're just like flesh on chain.
Okay. I think they're remaking this again, aren't they? I remember everybody was like up in arms like a couple years ago because like they remade it and the guy's pinhead costume or makeup was just so bad. Okay, that's a face. He's putting the face back together again as it's Humpty Dumpty. That's pretty good makeup or I don't know if that's makeup or prosthetics or yeah, that'd be prosthetics obviously, but yeah. I feel like I'm going to show how much of a dumbass I am <laughs> while watching this one. But see, he has clean fingernails. Like, why does Pinhead, Pinhead, who lives in, like, the pits of hell, have cleaner fingernails? Because that makes sense, right? I'm curious if the sequels, I, I, I believe part two is obviously uh, coincides with this one, but I'm curious if the rest of the series has any ties. Yeah, her name is Julia. I was right. Boom. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm curious if the rest of the sequels follow in the same formula or storyline. Now, I always love locations in films, so if you ever listen to, like, any of the interviews, you'll hear me ask, like, a lot of location questions, um, especially, like, when people get, like, really cool houses in their films. I love, like, one of my favorite things doing was scouting when I did the 48-hour film festival, was trying to look for cool locations to shoot, because I think that just, like, adds to your movie and inspiration. She totally has 80s hair. Okay, so that's obviously Christy's dad, and that's her stepmom, but I think Frank is the uncle, and I think she was fucking his uncle as well or something. I don't have anybody to bounce this back off with, so nobody can correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> so it'll just be me discovering it. Isn't it weird how hair changes with the decades? Like, imagine somebody wearing their hair like that now. My cousin Jake always told me that you can always tell the best year of somebody's life by their haircut. <laughs> and I'm assuming that nobody's uh, best year was 
around the time that everybody had M&M dyed hair because nobody has that anymore. Oh, maggots are gross. Squatters are kind of scary. Um, did you guys ever watch um, a movie that came out like two years ago called I See You? It had like Helen Hunt in it. And then the, I think it was the coach from Friday Night Lights. That movie was really fucking good. Uh, it's on Prime. Maybe I should do a commentary on that. It's not scary, scary. Uh, it's like a, more of a thriller. But it was really good definitely unexpected would you really just throw your bag down on a squatter's bed Julia's a little nosy body huh Okay, so Christy wants Kirsty or Christy wants to be her own person, obviously. All right, so which picture are we gonna discover that it's actually her in the photos? She's so intense. Sorry, there's just not like a lot happening right now. I guess that's why they call it window pane. I know there's like some really cool scenes like that take place in that attic. Do you guys prefer movies that like are basically like in one central location or do you like it when it's like more broad and there's multiple? For me, I, I think I like it when it's more centralized because you can just focus in on the characters and I love a good character study and I think that this is one of those films that you can really kind of delve into characters and their actions. And I'd be pretty pissed if I was moving into a house that just, like, had maggots. Just, like, chilling there. I'd be like, uh, unless it was as sold as is. I'd be like, you need to clean that shit before I move in. I'd be pretty pissed.
Now, the thing about Shutter is, like, I can't really check how long the time is without pausing the movie. Um, so there won't be any timestamps on that. I did watch, um, as we're waiting for something to happen here, um, I did watch House of a Thousand Corpses earlier, which was kind of cool. Um, well, it's always cool. I, I like watching that movie this time of year. Um, one of my favorite scenes is, um, when it just has that long pause before, uh, Otis shoots the cop in the head. And I was always curious of how long it was before he actually shot him. Um, I don't know if maybe I missed a moment or a couple seconds, but I actually put the timer on and I thought I was pretty accurate with it. Um, it ended up being 28 seconds exactly from the time that it goes silent to him just holding the gun on the cop's head. It was 28 seconds. I don't know why I felt the need to tell you guys that. Um, but, yeah. Like, obviously this movie has to be pretty great because she made our top ten final girl list. And she was pretty high up there. I'm trying to remember if it was... Oh, God, I don't remember who number... I think she... No, I think she got second. I think Kirstie got second. Oh, there he is. There's Frank. She totally wants to bone him. I'm Frank. Apparently he's brother Frank. <laughs> yeah. I'm attracted to you. I was going to talk mad shit there, but then I just got entangled up into what was transpiring. Her hair was even worse then. I love, like, the short little shots of, hey, we're going to give you this subliminal thing of, I'm going to put this picture in my pocket. I was totally boning your uncle. I do like Julia's outfit, though. Like, I could totally see myself wearing that. Even if it is a 80s. At least the pants. I love myself a good pair of plaid or striped pants. With a cute white top. I'd wear a cuter white top than that. Oh, I think we're getting into something big here now, guys.
right, so we're getting the backstory of Frank and Julia. Like, her hair looks like a mullet there. Well, so does his. Like, did her haircut now, was it inspired by his hair then? Because I'm thinking so. I don't know what my obsession or fascination has mullets lately. that this is easy to follow to this point like the beginning had you never seen it or heard anything about it like that'd be really confusing um but this is pretty easy to understand what's going on here but obviously that was frank at the beginning and he was obviously squatting there maybe she told him to i don't know but her hair definitely looks like a mullet i do know that Do people really just suck on fingers like that? I think that's weird. And they're just going to fuck on her wedding dress? That's ruthless. It's not as ruthless as the mother and son fucking in Sleepwalkers. But it's still pretty ruthless. Pivot. Pivot. We got nipple. Pivot. See, I feel like there's not even, like, nudity in films like this anymore. Like, there's not... That wasn't, like, a whole lot of nudity. Ah! Oh, my God, I felt that. Um, there wasn't, like... I feel like that was, like, kind of classy nudity. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, you don't get, like, nudity in films anymore. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't need nudity in my horror films, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think if it adds to the story, and, like, this is a very sexualized, obviously, horror film. Um, oh, man. Like, why would... Okay, that's like... Would, his hand wouldn't be that bloody from the nail, would it? I don't think so. Now, there was a question that I actually came across on Facebook. Um, what is the thing that makes you cringe the most um, dealing with on a body part in a horror film? Is it the eyes, the teeth, or, like, fingernails? Um... The Achilles for me is a big one because um, I'm really sensitive about my feet. And then I would say probably number one, though, would be teeth. Like, anything with teeth, like, bugs me out. So, like, when I feel like vampire... Like, all right, so I have to admit, uh, recently watching American Horror Story, a uh, double feature, the first story, um, obviously Red Tide, and, like, any time... Um, God, uh... Billy Lord shows up, um, Carrie Fisher's daughter, and she takes, like, off her teeth, or she messes with somebody's teeth, it 
creeps me out. I don't know. Like, I have a weird thing with teeth. So I think there's a really big market out there for somebody to actually redo Darkness Falls. Something about, like, the Tooth Fairy. I think that could be a really creepy premise if done right. There's a lot of, like, slow tension building through this movie, huh? More nails. And rats. Like, why would you buy, like, you look like you have money. Why would you buy this in pested place. Like, I get it if we were, like, a house flipper, but it doesn't make sense to, like, move in there, does it? Is this the fly? Well, both of those, both of these movies came out, um, simultaneously or um, back to back the fly was 86 and then this one was 87 I think it was 87 I could be a dumbass to be wrong but It definitely reminds me of Seth Brundle and the Fly, for sure. Oh, rib cage being put back together. I have like rib cage terrors because I actually had a tumor on my rib cage and had it removed. looking like a boss. There's definitely like a lot of slow building tension. So I'm sorry, I thought this was a little bit more that I could commentate on. 
but we'll just go with it. <clears throat> Sorry, I just moved my coffee table, so if you heard a noise, that's what that was. I was going to say, it's definitely a dark movie. Like, I just don't know why anybody would live here. Like, if I bought this house, I definitely would not be moving anybody into it. Because obviously they look like they're well off. And, I'm sorry, uh, if there were maggots there, the house is not ready to fucking move into. Like, look at the walls. Again, it makes sense for the story, apparently. But, no, it really doesn't. Somebody's letting off fireworks outside on a Wednesday? Yeah, like there's like fucking rats in there. Oh. Like, I'm excited when it gets into like the explanation of what's going on. Yeah, this totally is giving me fly vibes. Julia. <laughs> You know, maybe my mom didn't like this movie or because her name was Julie and Julia was maybe a little too close to home. Her name is Julie. She's still alive. Well, then why would you grab her if you didn't want her to look? You don't recognize the voice? the blood feeds him I remember that and then I believe she brings him people right so that he can come back to life in some Like, it's a big house. Now, he has really good um, makeup. And of course, she's like addicted to him or something. 
so she's going to do whatever it takes to heal him, except for giving herself to him. Like, why does she feel, like, sexualized by it? <laughs> like, you just seen what he looked like. But why would you be, like, turned on by that? She looked totally turned on by it. But it's not something I would be turned on by. <laughs> I'd be like, dude, you're fucking dead. And the creeper in the door. Okay, that's a bit scary. Like, who's that guy? Was he a squatter? See, locations are cool. Like, them coming down the stairs here. Like, I dig shots like this. It reminds me of the alley in um, Fright Night. Like, I don't really remember how her, how Kirsty comes about into everything. I do remember the Frank and Julia aspect of it, and I know that Julia feeds Frank. And then I just don't even know, like, how Pinhead comes about at the end. So we briefly saw Pinhead at the beginning of the film. So I'm curious of how much actual time Pinhead has in this film. Or the Cenobites in general. It's a lot of fucking rats. Does rat blood not work? Like she's so sexually attracted to Frank. And clearly her husband does not satisfy her. <laughs> That's like... Totally being down for someone. <laughs> okay, so... I'm not sure what's happening here. Like, with the feathers. Now the feathers are bleeding. And there's a baby crying. So that's interesting. like a pillow fight was going on but there was no pillow fight okay so they both are having bad dreams why are they not sleeping in the same bed like this is like an overly sexualized movie but why were they not sleeping in the same bed 
like this totally feels like I love Lucy right now. Is Julia one of the greatest villains of all time? Maybe. That might be an interesting pillow fight segment to have on Slim Party Massacre. Um, villains who aren't the main villain. Like, who else would be somebody that would be considered, like, on the level of Julia in a horror film? Like, you know, obviously, this film franchise is known for the pinhead or pinhead and the Cenobites, but Julia is a pretty big part of it. I mean, she's a different kind of villain. I dig her sunglasses, just not her hair. Like I like her style, just not her hair. I'm probably going to focus in on that a lot, just to let you know. This feels so 80s right now, and I love it. <laughs> uh, with her sitting at the bar. It reminds me of uh, Once Bitten a little bit. I think she would have been a really fun character to play. If I could have played anybody in this film, it probably would have been Julia. I think she probably has the funnest role. Do guys just wear flowers on their pockets in the 80s? Was that like a big thing? a lot taller than him or I don't know if it's just her hair it could be or her heels she's definitely not into it like how is he not picking up on that like Julia you gotta commit that's what you brought me for isn't it well now you're gonna die because you're an oversexed balding dude in the 80s Let me take you to the attic so I can feed you to my husband's brother who I'm sleeping with. And I want him to get his body back. To be honest, I'm really curious how these sequels play out. And if it's like the same form of um, having to feed blood to somebody. I think the story gets a lot more evolved. But I could be wrong because I've never seen any of them, so.
we don't need a bed. What are you gonna do? Pick her up and fuck her? You're gonna like if I was this dude, I'd be like, you just took me to this shitty ass house. I'm all set. Like who, honestly? Like, in your right mind, like, I'd be looking around me, I'd be like, you took me here to fuck me? Pass. Like, I remember one time in high school, um, I was dating this guy, and he moved his bedroom to the basement, and he just, like, had a mattress on the floor. I was like, fucking pass. So, maybe I'm a little snobby, but, uh, this dude obviously never gets his dick wet so looking around this place looks like a dream to him ah he's got wetty tidies that explains everything Frank's like feed me and the tall socks ugh Like, seriously, who could get hard in this house? I'm telling you. Like, they could have made the house a little more attractive. Like, for it as it being as sexualized as it is. Oh. Who knew she had it in her? See, I feel like she's almost a bigger villain than Pinhead. Like, and she gets off on it. She's like, I'm going to go feed Frank now. <laughs> Look at his face. Like, she got pure enjoyment out of that because she is such a villain. Those earrings are atrocious as well. They look like a starfish is eating her ear. Oh, and then, alright, that totally looked like um, Wishmaster there as well. Or uh, the merman from uh, Cabin in the Woods. Now he can stand up, guys. So he's like, I'm showing you I'm coming back to life. I just need you to bring me more blood. Like, I'm just curious to why she didn't ask him, like, how did you come like this? Like, what the fuck happened? 
come to Zatty. Zatty. That sounds like, um, when I say that, um, Betty Davis and, um, whatever happened to Baby Jane. I've written a letter to Zatty. She's like, I gotta go. How is this guy not aware that she was fucking his brother? <laughs> she just picks up the body. Like, why would you not just leave it in the fucking attic? Why did he not just eat the whole thing? Like, this guy kind of deserves, like, whatever's coming to him just for being so blind. Like, there has to be a point in time to where people... Ignorance is bliss, but obviously not. Because this bitch not only fucked your brother, but then she... Your brother died, and now she is killing people to feed your dead brother to bring him back to life. What does that say about you? I think Julia is a great villain. I really do. I just don't think she has great hair. And those earrings, again, are atrocious. She's like, Frank, where are you, Skeletor? story though it really is I really dig the, I, the aspect of feeding and bringing somebody back but I need to know the rest just a moment I kind of want to fuck this half corpse Fucking Larry. I'm talking a lot less in this, and I think that just speaks to the film because it is so interesting to watch. But I definitely would not be sucking his fucking finger. Do you not remember how dirty they were at the beginning of the film? Just think how dirty they are now. They're chilling in this attic with the rats and being like a corpse and like crawling on the floor. Ugh. Could you not do that, please? Oh, this scene reminds me of the birds. And that creepy guy in the alley. 
What does he know, Kirsty? What does he know? All right. Ugh. Ew, he's fucking eating crick. Oh my god. I literally just kind of got sick in my mouth. I'm, oh my god. That's effective. I'm not even kidding. I took a drink of my beer and then I just watched him eat that. With him in his fucking visor. Like she's so pissed that he ate crickets. I think those were crickets. They might have been grasshoppers. just gone like who the fuck is this guy never had a pet bird my friend Amy um, in junior high had a pet bird she had several I think and I remember that bird was always loud alright so Julie's just like Merkin motherfuckers left and right now. This dude's got like blue whitey tidies with a wife beater. So I did my job. Peace. It's like he's becoming more human and she's becoming less human. It's really an interesting concept. Her earrings are better in this scene. They're still a little too big. I don't know. I could never wear, like, the big weighted earrings. They look like clip-ons. Like, why do you not have a face yet, Frank? Like, you look the same as you did from your last kill. Only you can wear clothes now that seeps your blood through. Now we're going to get the explanation. Here's the box. Doors to the pleasures of heaven and hell. I didn't care which. Okay. The Cenobites gave me an experience beyond pain and pleasure. Okay, so is this like BDSM? The cool part was, like, I uh, had dinner with all of them, minus Doug Bradley, in real life. Very nice people. Barbie and Nick, and I think his name is Sam. But all three of them I had dinner with. That was really fun. Like, we just talked horror movies and uh, their upcoming projects at the time. This was... 
Yeah, but I don't understand why that would be something that's appealing to anyone. Like, I really don't. Um, one of my favorite true crime books, I can't remember the name of it, but I remember just, like, being enthralled in it, was about this dude that was into, like, BDSM. And he wanted to, like, control all these women. And I think it was, might have even been the inspiration for Dexter Season 5. The one with the... Julia Styles, where they put the women in barrels. Um, Lu- Lumen, I think was her name in that, but um, in this true crime story that I'm telling you about, um, this dude uh, made these women basically sign contracts that, like, give him reign over their life, and they'd have to be, like, a sex slave, and he was, like, married and, like, defrauding like all these companies that he worked for at the same time and he killed these women and put them in barrels like it's really fucking crazy I think somebody should make a movie out of it when I watched Dexter season 5 it was definitely reminiscent of that I don't know if that's what that was based on or not but yeah Larry, you're a schmuck. Straight up, through and through. Are you going to feed Frank Larry? Like, would Larry eat his own brother? I can't remember how that plays out. Aw, man. Like, Frank, you're one sick bastard. All I can say is this movie is a hell of a lot better than Sleepwalkers. Oh, that's freaky. Frank's walking around in their bedroom. Just, like, waiting. Like, what did Larry ever do to Frank? That's what I want to know. We had a backstory on Larry and Frank. Like, I hope we get a little bit. Because Larry seems like a stand-up guy. And Julia is just a bitch. God, can you imagine watching this movie in the theater in the 80s for the first fucking time? What a trip. Like, does she not want him to kill Larry? 
pretty thick. Oh, God. Like, and why is Larry not stopping when she's saying I can't bear it? Like, those are the words that a dude does not want to hear when you're going, trying to get laid. I'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Oh, yeah, I don't understand. I don't either. You're hot and the next you're not. Well, she just kind of saved your life, though, so there's that. Like, clearly there's a disconnect between Larry and Kirsty. Like, see, Kirstie's hair is great. Why couldn't Julia? I'd be jealous of her, too. Like, I think that's a thing with, like, step-parents, though. Especially, like, with uh, father-daughters. Obviously, like, there's, like, a jealousy, like, with stepmothers for some reason. Especially if they don't have kids of their own. I can't remember if Frank actually gets his face back. Oh. So she's seeing what's going on here. Yes, let's look around and see if anybody's watching us. But I don't see Kirsty right that is right in front of me. Well, yeah, I clearly get lonely, too. I'm bringing you up into this rat-infested hole to where I'm going to lead you to believe that you can have sex with me. Like, why does he look more bloody? That's what doesn't make sense. Like, he's supposed to be, like, regaining (laughs) his body, but he looks more bloody in each shot. She really likes that hammer, guys. Well, we are like an hour into this almost, and Penhead was only at the very beginning. So, when does he come in? Oh, don't look at it. Like, don't look at it, Julia. Just don't look at it. 
See, like, do you, or maybe he's just getting more blood back into his body. That would make sense, right? Now, if only Julia could grow a better hairstyle with each kill. That would be cool. I kind of want her leather jacket. Yeah, she's kind of barely in this movie as well. I mean, we only have like a half hour of this left. Like, how are you still alive? <laughs> okay, so she's seen what Frank looks like now. But does she know it's Uncle Frank? Oh, well. Come to daddy? Why would he say come to daddy to her? Did he do things to her as a... really fucked up you guys She grabbed the box. What's she gonna do with the box? What's in the box? Like, throw it out the window. Well, she did. She did throw it out the window. And she picked it up and took it with her. And she is running very extra. Kirsty. <laughs> Come to Daddy. Okay, so obviously she had torment from past issues with Uncle Frank, aka Daddy. Well, obviously, why would she... All right, she didn't want to be around you when you were human. So, looking like that... Okay, so she completely has PTSD now. And then she just passed the fuck out. All right, well, Sydney Prescott never fainted. So, there's that. But then again, Sydney Prescott never had to look at Frank or wasn't, you know, 
but she did have to deal with her mother's death. But Kirsty's mother, Kirsty's mother, obviously died as well. So they both have trauma. If you guys listened to the Slumber Party Massacre episode two, um, it was a big debate of who was better, Sydney or Kirsty. And my whole thing was, I, I believe my reasoning was that Sydney was dealing with real life killers, <clears throat> which made it more believable, which was the arc that I was going with. So these last 30 minutes are going to be big for me to rewatch and see if I stick by. Um, because I believe I voted Alice Johnson from Nightmare on Elm Street over this. So we will see if my vote changes. Like, why, like, why is, like, she was passed out in the street. Like, why would you lock her in? Makes zero sense. But she's got the box. That's why I love Cabin in the Woods so much is that it took from like every horror film that we all know and love and just kind of compacted it into one film. And no, I don't believe Cabin in the Woods is scary by any stretch of the imagination, but I just think what they did, it was definitely a love letter to horror fans. Of all of the greatest hits, basically. I hear a cricket, and I don't know if it's in the movie or outside of my window right now. (laughs) I think it's outside my window. But seeing that scene with the homeless dude eat the crickets, like, does that come back? I hope not. Alright, so she opened the box. Alright, so basically she put herself in this position, right? Because she opened it. And no, I'm not trying to convince myself that Sydney Prescott is the better final girl, but Sydney didn't ask for any of that. Kirsty just kind of threw herself into it, took his box, and then obviously, like, looking at him, is that something that you'd want to fuck around with? No. <clears throat> Ah! 
Okay, that's pretty frightening. Oh man. I'd totally lose my shit if something like that was chasing after me. Now, if they get more blood, does that make them more humanized? Love the little effects that's coming out of the box. I mean, we got less than a half hour left, and Pinhead has had the same amount of screen time, maybe less than that um, Ron Perlman did in Sleepwalkers. There's a Cenobite. Chatterbox, I believe. Oh, it was Simon. Simon, not Sam. Simon. But I believe Chatterbox is played. There's Pinhead. The books. of good suffering. They both open the box, so, like, she should go, too. I mean, I get it was an accident, but, yeah. 
just based off of screen time in this film, I really feel like Julia is the main villain. <laughs> and Frank. window pane though. So he's wearing his brother's skin. My little dog is just laying here with me as I watch this movie. <laughs> Her little legs are just up in the air. It's the cutest little thing. Oh, Larry's a pretty damn good actor himself. Okay, you've seen Julia, like, take some creep into the house to like seduce him and now you're letting her brush your hair well clearly I think if we're an audience like in the theater at this point in time we would know that this is obviously Frank that's touching her. Ugh. Please don't do something with the eye. Ugh. This movie's definitely creepy. But that's your dad on the floor. That's your daddy.
Oh, there they are. It's like, how do they not know, though? Oh, they do know. So she doesn't understand that Frank is her dad. Well, she can break free from Julia. So there's that. Come to Daddy. All right, Christy, it's time to show your final girl roots here. Oh, like he fucked up his face. That was some deep nail scratching. That was deeper than uh, the cat scratches in Sleepwalkers. times that happens in horror movies where like I just watched I still know he did last summer and he's like stand him up and he ends up killing his own son and then she's like standing Kirsty up and he ends up stabbing Julia <laughs> well the blood brushed from her pretty damn quickly why are you not eating her Bye, Julia. Where are you? <laughs> well, I think we have about 12 minutes left of this movie. So aside from opening the box and bringing the Cenobites there, unless her story is more epic in the sequel, and there was a Jesus statue in this house, okay, that makes sense. She's put Jesus back in the closet. Literally. Well, I do have to say, I have a pretty good debate for our next pillow fight segment. I'm not going to 
share it here in case you guys listen to that as well because we haven't recorded it yet. But I have a pretty good debate. Oh, the maggots. Ugh, God. That's one thing that, like, makes me, like, sick to my stomach anytime in a horror movie. It's like maggots. You're eating maggots, Michael. Ugh. God. I wonder if the Chinese food business dived after that movie. I'm still just waiting for her to show her final core roof here. I'm thinking, though, that the girls were basing it off of maybe the sequel. Which I have not seen. I was going off of this movie alone. to be fair, I did give Sydney four movies. So I probably should have watched at least the sequel before I made my determination. But based off of this movie, she hasn't done a whole lot. Uncle Frank. I almost think he played a better creep than Frank. Uh Uh-oh, she brought the Cenobites to you. Pleasure and pain. I think you're about to get it, bro. Chatterbox. I think he's probably my favorite Cenobite. Bye, Dutty. Like, oh, bye, knife. Ouch. Like, you would think you'd be able to, like, pull that out. would be really hard to like know that that's your uncle but wearing your dad's like 
body and face. But he also looks pretty happy about it because this dude obviously likes pain. He didn't look too tormented. Well, he does now, but at first when it was happening, he looked pretty pleasured. Oh, he still looks pleasured. Never mind. <laughs> Got the tongue thing going on. That means he enjoys it. Okay. Julie and the chains as well. <laughs> Grab the box. That's some really bad effects there, though. Okay. I'm gonna give it a pass because of the, the the time that it was made. So it doesn't make sense that like technology has been updated and they haven't been able to do justice to this franchise, right? I mean I haven't seen any, but I know people bitch about it a lot. Now the shithole house is falling apart. Oh, you should sit outside, bro. has a bigger role than Pinhead. Alright, so she's putting them all back into the box. <laughs> the house just falls down.
Well, so she's figured out how to work the box. Sue just got bitch slapped. I like that the Cenobites, like, tricked her into thinking that she would be okay if they brought, if she brought them to Frank. And then clearly they lie. She's like, don't touch it! She's like, I figured out how to work the puzzle box. The Rubik's Cube. like I just did that all right you have two more I believe to get back into the box No? Did that already happen? Did I miss it? <laughs> wow. He, his shirt looks like a Rubik's Cube. So I'm pretty sure that's intentional. They have a picture of Frank burning. this wasn't the most entertaining commentary um i feel like i was actually watching the movie so i think it's a good sign for the movie um so my basis is still off of this first film because i haven't watched the second one um if i'm basing off of just hellraiser versus scream sydney still gets my vote because she didn't really have to do a whole lot. Alright, so the homeless dude I think is coming out that ate the crickets. And plus this bitch dates a dude that's wearing a Rubik's Cube shirt. He just goes into the fire and grabs the box. And sets himself on fire. Okay, I don't remember this part, like, at all. Like, at all. Yeah. Okay, and Pinhead is barely in this movie. Okay. Dirty fingernails, giving it to another person. So, okay.
I definitely have to see the sequel to make my final determination, but uh, based off of this film alone, Kirsty didn't really do anything. I mean, she had a magic box that helped her. So, uh, his name's not even pinheaded in this. It's called Lead Cinnabite, Chattering Cinnabite, Butterball Cinnabite, and Female Cinnabite. Um, his name wasn't even Pinhead when this movie uh, was out, I guess. But, um, no, the storyline is really great. Um, I'm just basing my preference of our final girl conversation uh, in Some Pretty Massacre, which I, if you go head-to-head with Sydney in Scream 1 and then Hellraiser 1... I think Sydney still wins because um, Sydney didn't throw herself into the mix. It just happened to her. Um, Christy kind of put herself into the danger zone. And so she was asking for it in a sense, I guess. I, I hate to say that because of the content of this film, which does obviously involve some very sensitive subject matter. But, um, she does throw herself into it, um, and Sydney was unprepared for a lot of it. Um, so I really do have to watch the sequel. Um, my ratings on this film, I love the, I love the story between Julia and Frank, um, and the fact that you get the extra element of the Cenobites. Um, I'm guessing Pithead probably comes more to life in the later sequels. Because he was barely in this film at all. So, um, I wouldn't even necessarily call him a villain based off of this first film. Um, that just what, you know, he lives in hell, it's what he does. And the humans are the ones that bring him to light. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm processing it guys. (laughs) Uh, my rating is a five out of five because I love that Julia and Frank are, you know, the fact that this franchise has just become like, Oh, it's pinheads film. But when you watch it, like there's more story than what I think anybody realizes. Um, yeah, I, I really dig this. I think the effects are great. I think the makeup is phenomenal on everybody in this. Like, it's, it's just a cool fucking horror film. And it's one that you can watch and pay attention to. And... Yeah, I just... I, I really like it. So, yeah, five out of five. Um... Yeah, I think my next commentary will actually be uh, Hellraiser 2. I think it's Hellbound. Um, just because I want to see if Kirsty gets that final girl nod. Because I don't feel like she did a whole lot with this film. Aside from like, hey, I figured out how to work the puzzle box. Um, so I'm hoping that I can understand my Slumber Party gals a little bit more with why they ranked her so high. Because in this, I still feel like Jamie Lee Curtis, Alice Johnson, even Jenny, um, from, you know, uh, like, I don't understand why Aaron, 
Aaron from Your Next wasn't on our list. So I have to watch the sequel and then I will determine. But from a standpoint as it is now, I'm still very, very happy that Sydney <laughs> was our final girl. Um, I'm very excited to discuss our next topic, which I can't say, but it does involve um, the Hellraiser a little bit. So, for our next episode, episode 9. So, yeah. With that being said, guys, thank you for listening. I'm sorry if I didn't talk a whole lot on this one. I was enjoying the film. I hope you enjoyed it with me. And until the next one, I am Lacey Liu, and good night.